On the Crosstalk on WIZM, I'm Mike Hayes. It's always fun because there's always something to wonder about. Our guest on the Crosstalk, Dr. Anthony Chergoski, political scientist from UWL, the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Good morning. Welcome to a Monday. Glad to hear you had a good weekend. Yeah, you too, Mike. Great to talk with you. Uh, the jury in the uh, Chauvin case gets the case today, I understand, unless something else happens. They will be uh, they will be given the case today. Maxine Waters has already said if they don't come back with guilty and first-degree murder, she wants the crowd to stay protesting to get louder and uh, uh, more violent, apparently. Uh, I don't I don't understand that. Well, Mike, I think you can just imagine what's going to occur when the ruling comes in. I can just imagine the feeling that the world is stopping because it's it's rare that we have kind of like a shared experience nowadays as a society because, you know, we're all off doing our own thing. We're we're on this website or that website. We're watching this channel or that channel. You know, we all are kind of siloed in our own information universes. But I think this will be one of those, like, rare shared experiences that the nation has when that verdict comes in. Well, and and can they come back with guilty of anything and maybe not guilty of other things and there won't be what will what I don't know how to even ask this question. What will keep violent protesters out of the streets with regard to this particular case? I'm not really sure. Kind of, it's it's really hard to predict the reaction to this, yeah. Mike. But it, it is worth noting that there are potential options for the jury here. You know, certainly the murder charge is the most serious charge, but there are some sort of lesser charges included. So it really remains to be seen what this jury is going to do. From what I'm hearing, kind of the game plan for the defense is to try to get like one or two stubborn jurors to prevent a guilty verdict. Because, I mean, if you you just look at the prosecution's case, it's been very, very strong. So, you know, the defense's best play at this point is to just hope that, you know, there's one or two stubborn jurors in the room to prevent a unanimous verdict. We'll have to wait and see. They get the the case today. Who knows how long it will take them to uh, make a decision, but we'll be back in touch in that regard. In the meantime, do you think adding judges to the Supreme Court is a good idea? Uh, you know, Mike, I, I happen to you know, talk about good timing, happened to see a poll on this over the weekend. And what was so striking to me is that just about a quarter of the American public is in support of this proposal to add judges to the Supreme Court. I do think it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. You know, it feels kind of like cheating. It feels, you know, like going beyond what is within the bounds of sort of normal politics. Now, what was also interesting about this poll, I think it was kind of a CBS YouGov poll, what was also interesting about it was that there was strong support for putting a limitation on how long Supreme Court justices can serve. So right now, of course, Supreme Court justices can serve until they die or voluntarily retire. And that's more of my concern, Mike, than, frankly, the number of judges you have these no-holds-barred battles, and you've had them for a number of years now, just these bloody knockout, dragout fights over Supreme Court nominations because of the fact that 
you know, when Amy Coney Barrett or when Brett Kavanaugh get confirmed, they could be there for 20, 30, 40 years. So these are high-stakes battles, and I think the best way to lower the stakes is to put a term limit on how long judges can serve. That seems to be more in line with public opinion. The public does not seem to be in favor of adding judges to the Supreme Court. All right, so don't add numbers to the uh, court, but add term limits. And not necessarily when you turn 85, you got to go, but you serve 20 years, you have a maximum of 20 years, whatever the case might be, and then you've got to go. Something like that you think would be more favorable across the country? I, I, yeah, I, I, that, that is really the direction that I would propose going, Mike, because what that would do is it would open up vacancies at a pretty predictable pace. You know, if you, get, if you have nine justices and you force them to serve for 18 years at a time, then a vacancy opens every two years. The pace is very predictable. Right now, if you have a judge die during election season, as was the case during the last two election seasons with Antonin Scalia dying during the 2016 presidential campaign and Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying during the 2020 campaign, then that creates just massive political turmoil. And so I think if you could add some more predictability to when these vacancies open up, then the battles would just be less vicious. Plus, if you don't allow judges to serve until they die or voluntarily retire, you know, then you're talking about people serving for 18, 20 years in terms of 30 or 40 years. And that just really lowers the stakes. Because right now, we just need to take the temperature down in the Senate. The, the battles are just way too vicious over these judges, over these judicial nominations in the Senate. We've got to find some way to take the temperature down. It just doesn't seem like expanding the court is the way to do that. Supreme Court justice term limits. When do you suppose there would be a good time to introduce that in uh, in D.C.? Well, fr- frankly, Mike, I think that's the direction I would take the conversation right now instead right now. of talking right. about expanding the court. I mean, just, again, just if you look at public opinion, it seems like there's a pretty solid majority of Americans in favor of you know, term limits or some kind of more incremental reform to the system as opposed to a massive shakeup to the court, you know, like adding four justices, which would really be transformative to the Supreme Court. I I think you just got to follow where the public is on this. The public does see a problem with the Supreme Court. The public does want change to how the judicial system runs. But I I just don't think that the public is ready for a massive change. Our guest on the Crosstalk, Dr. Anthony Chugoski, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. We will certainly be back in touch, in particular when we, uh, when the jury uh, is given the case in Minneapolis and see what happens there.